Hey everyone, this is Trevor Barreca. Welcome to the Sooner Catholic Podcast. Uh, we're recording here on a beautiful Wednesday morning. Alex, how are you doing this morning? Dude, I'm, I'm doing good. I wonder if the people realize that that you entered us today. That that makes me pretty excited. <clears throat> they say a, a man of many talents. you got to be ready to, to take whatever cross the Lord gives you. And today it's this one. Um, <laughs> cross that out, baby. Um, yeah, so this morning we are reflecting on last night's talk that Austin Satchio gave us about are Catholics even Christian? Um, and he specifically was diving into the topic of the gospel and, and the unique Catholic response to the gospel. I thought he did a wonderful job. I'll talk about that in a second. But first, we got to hear from the man himself, Alex. Alex, what did you think of last night's talk? What was standing out to you? Um, and, and what do you think like he kind of hit on that maybe was unique or something that you needed to hear particularly right now that was that was enlightening to mm. you? Yeah, I think um, I, I liked just the way that he broke down, created, fallen, redeemed, and then his, his particular insights into each one. So like with creation – he talked about like how, how we were created and we're not made. And so the, the difference is like when, when something is made, the parts are assembled and that if you withdraw your presence from it, it still stands because it's made apart from you and it's made with different parts that are assembled and, and, and that they last. Mm-hmm. We talked about in creation, when something's created, <clears throat> it's created from nothing. And, and so when, when God creates us, he fills us with his life and his spirit and his love. And if he were to withdraw those things, we would cease to exist, right? Yeah. And so I think it just connected some dots of like, okay, I'm created by God. So like, I, I came from nothing and he's filled me with himself. So times in my life <clears throat> when I'm living like devoid of him and separated from him, that's why I feel so lifeless is because mm. I begin I, I begin to uh, almost edge out his, his presence within me. And I begin to feel that nothingness, like that deadness yeah. without him. So that really stuck out as like under, under created and, just a sense of belonging to is something he, he mentioned just briefly, but, but because of that life within me, like I belong to God. Um, and that's where I can find uh, my home. Yeah. Anything uh, under created fall, uh, <clears throat> created fall, anything under created resonate with you? One of the things that was really standing out to me from his first explanation of the gospel, when awesome was talking about created fallen and redeemed was that uh, being like, created means like like when he did the analogy of like you know if you look at like a uh, I, I don't know if he said a watch or like a car he was just talking about the idea of like if something is um created like you or you know he talked about the artist that's it finally i'm here i'm here finally he talked about the artist and how like and uh if you look at a piece of art right you can see especially if it's a famous artist and it's a really talented artist right people will look at a certain feature of an artwork and they'll be like aha that is a you know picasso or mm-hmm. whatever and i think that in a very beautiful way that that is true of us because like each of us in as different as, as people are across the planet, like bear similar marks of their existence, similar marks of who they are. And I think this is reflective of the fact that God is like, as, as like the Supreme artist, the source of, of art, the source of goodness leaves and imprints upon us things that as different and as varied as the cultures that we come from are, are bear the exact same, I guess, like um, synchronization across the human species which I just think is so beautiful. And, and you, re- you recognize that whenever you talk to people from different cultures, you sometimes you'll uh, be drawn to the fact that they are very different from you. They had a very different experience. But also if you will have similar experiences if you if friends with them long enough where you'll uh, recognize that a lot of their longings, a lot of the ways Absolutely. that they experience love are just the same. And yeah. I think this is one of the beauties of, of creation, actually, that, that the, the notion of being created in God actually gives us a greater grounds for unity than we would find anywhere else in the world that would suggest to us that we were just the product of chance 
that has no mm. really intrinsic details to us that are that are super important to being the same besides the fact that we just happen to exist on the planet at the same time. Gosh, so true. That's so good. That reminds me of when I like did a I traveled with Hillary one year to to Uganda and and we were working on like some really big uh, like projects on a on a big farm and one of them was like assembling this um gosh I can't remember the name of it but it was like it, it housed like the massive amount of corn that they were harvesting a silo maybe um anyways and so I worked with these with, with these Ugandans, and we didn't speak the same language, and yet we were always laughing, and we were always smiling, and like at, at the end of our like our week together, like we gave each other gifts, and it was like we didn't understand a single word that we said, but like we didn't need to, just because there's a common understanding of like what brought us joy, what brought us life, and just like that that element of like friendship, because both our hearts like desired to be like known and loved, just like this, you know, that same thing, and we also desired to give of ourselves to the other, so. Yeah, I've just experienced that too. Just like, it doesn't matter where a person is across the world. Since we are created, we're created with the same desires and the same ways of being fulfilled. What about under fallen? What what stuck out to you in in Austin sharing fallenness? Yeah, I think the fallen part, something I was reflecting upon, again, in this idea of like the two different worldviews that we see all the time, um, is that fallenness is something that we all experience like every person if you ask them like hey is the world like a perfect place there's not one person i've ever met in my life i think they'll answer yes to that mm-hmm. right but the unique christian answer is like that the problem of well i guess it'd be the unique the unique judeo-christian answer i would say would be the problem of sin the problem of like an interior like rejection of god um this idea that that man has been given this great gift of creation but has rejected it What's interesting is that even with people that are broken um, and experience brokenness and see brokenness, they don't see it as brokenness of an interior sort, but of an exterior systematic way, right? So this is why we talk mm-hmm. about like all the evils mm-hmm. of society. We talk mm-hmm. about uh, the advances of, of philosophy and, and politics and medicine and all these things that we seek because we, we don't see these this problem of, of sin. Mm-hmm. Instead, we see a problem of like mm-hmm. like almost like a machine that's not working right. We're trying to fix it. And there's not a, a recognition of the interior, um, I guess, like problems that, that even people that are raised in good places with good support yep. and everything still choose so evil. True. Um, and I think that like that was really standing out to me as he was talking about being fallen last night. I don't think he necessarily alluded to that per se, but as he was just reflecting on the fallenness, um, this this reality that we all recognize, um, to see kind of, I guess, the beauty of, of the Christian um, mm. way of analyzing this problem. Or at least maybe the 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 greater difficulty of the of the Christian answer than the one at, the, at large in the world. We've talked about this a few times, and you just brought it back to mind. <clears throat> but just the importance of like forming our minds and like knowing truth and looking at the world differently and thinking differently, like it changes everything. I, I was just thinking about like how. Um, Gosh, yeah, like what you're saying is so true of like we we fail to see like the gaps in our own life. <clears throat> we see we fail to see like the brokenness in our own life. We we fail to see like the effects of sin that we have committed that others have committed in our own life. And so and so that you know that, that leads to us like not um, being able to see the the need for redemption, the need for saving, the need for healing. <clears throat> so we just stay stuck. We stay stuck and we, and we point fingers at other people and blame other people because other people's sin is easy to see, right? Jesus yeah made that clear and talked about uh, like the log beam in, in your own eye and the splinter in your neighbor's eye. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if, if we were, if we were to be informed with truth of like knowing 
what the effects of sin are like and and what they cause. And part of the part of the effects of the um, the effects of sin is a separation with ourself. So a, a disorder between our, our thinking and uh, like our rationality and our emotions right. and our will. Right. Um, but also, um, yeah, not being able to see ourselves as we are. And, and it's really it's be, it's because it's in our relationship with God that He reveals who we are. And so when we lack a relationship with Him, we don't we don't have any way for us to have light shed on ourselves. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's, there's there's a mystery. This is why uh, JP two famously says that Christ the Redeemer fully reveals man to himself, um, because in this this great mystery of like we're talking about here of creation, um, fallenness and redemption, we see a unique mystery and and almost like an answer to the question that we're all looking for. And so I think there's a beautiful like you said this light that comes from from living in relationship with God. So as he's talking about redeemed, obviously this is where you know we talk about the good news, right? Because if the story ended at Fallen, it would not be good news. It would be horrible news for all of us. Um, so when we talk about redeemed, what stood out to you from Austin's analysis of this message that maybe you've often heard, but but again, a message that always has power um, in terms of how it affects our lives that we need right now? What, w- what was standing out to you about his particular analysis of redeemed? Yeah, I think there's there's a few things. I mean, yeah, like Sage did a great job. I think... Um, I think the the who and the what, like the the person of God and and the nature of God and God That's having two natures, and of why that makes sense of why Jesus was able to bridge the gap between man and God, um, was something that was just a really good uh, nugget to hold on to. I think, I think the, that the gospel is happening here and now, in that if you have eyes to see, that you can see the, the gospel narrative in your own life, and like we we need to actually, mm-hmm. like we need to see how. Like we have been created that we are fallen and that like Christ continually offers both on Calvary at, at the mass, but like every single day will offer us redemption. Um, yeah, it's kind of like what I was just thinking last night is like, we don't, we don't need like a, another definition of Catholicism. We don't need like another definition of Christianity or the gospel, but we need like lived testimonies like lived experience of like i am living this gospel narrative in my life and i have lived and i continue to live it so that it comes alive for people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah i think that's something that came to mind what about you yeah yeah I, I liked his distinction of like you said um the who versus the what and that and that the gospel is present to us right now because i think that sometimes you hear christianity kind of pose something like this i was created for goodness i rejected god God, Jesus came, became man, saved me, and now my life is just kind of floating right. and waiting. And so it's it's right because that that's harder to I think uh, dive into as a lived experience if it's not ordered in this idea of like constantly responding to that invitation to deeper relationship with Him. Um, I think one thing that was standing out to me as Austin was talking about the whole nature of our being redeemed is that we often think of sin. I think is this like. Uh, we, we made, you know, we made the wrong choice, like the laws were broken, these kind of things. And obviously that's part of, that is a huge part of the equation, but we don't think of sin as like slavery. And we don't think, we don't see our sin as it is, mm-hmm. as being this like deprivation of good in our life that Jesus desires for us. And so I think this is the beauty of this redemption and why it is present like right now is that Christ isn't saying like, Hey, one day you're going to be with me forever. And that's the only part of this is good. Like that is true. And that is like very important. And we can't like neglect that part of the message because if it was only for this life, then there would still be the problem of death. If there wasn't a resurrection, 
there would still be the problem of death, and that would be problematic to, to say that there's even a hope. But when we see a continuum between our life now redeemed by Christ and him continuing to redeem and to cleanse us of these parts of us that are that are disordered, mm. that are experiencing brokenness because of our attraction to sin, like I think that is the beauty of the gospel living out right now is every day Christ, <clears throat> if we allow him, wants to continue to be the divine healer that's coming in and like, purging those parts of us that that are, that are wounded, that are broken. Um, and this is a whole, you can't, I don't think you can separate these two parts of the, the nature of salvation. Like this is, it's one of the same being saved, being saved hopefully for all of eternity in Christ's mercy, but also right now from the way that sin distracts and, and takes away from my ability to, to love and to live with a purpose. Um, so that was something I was reflecting on as he was talking about the, the immediacy of the gospel in our life. Yeah. That's really, really good. It, uh, just when, yeah, when you're talking, I'm just like hearing like this, like how deep and how good redemption is and how it's so foreign to us. And I, I think it's just like, it's so foreign because I think a lot of times our fallenness, like you said, is, is foreign to us. Like we don't understand the, the depths of sin and of enslavement and all those things are spot on. And I was thinking like, okay, so if that's the case, if, if we don't recognize our need for redemption because we don't recognize the depth of our fallenness, then the question is like, what helps us recognize the depth of our fallenness, right? Like that, that would be like the key to unlocking like everyone's heart and evangelization. Like what helps us recognize the depths of our fallenness? And it, two things came to mind and I'm sure there's more, but the two things that came to mind is like extreme hardship okay. and extreme intimacy. Yeah. And so I think the reason those, those come to mind is like, um, C.S. Lewis has a, has a quote that, um, and I'm not even going to tell you the quote cause it, it it's like, um, be the a master butcher here and it, it wouldn't even, you wouldn't even be able to tell what it is. We're but, in the meat shop, baby. The <laughs> but essentially it's this, he, he talks about how when something unexpected happens, it's like, the, um, and you, and you're caught off guard and you react in a way that you are, uh, either ashamed of or embarrassed of, or you wish you hadn't, that it's, it's like rats being in a cellar. And, and when we think, Oh, like if the lights hadn't been turned on so suddenly I wouldn't have, you know, you wouldn't have seen the rats. Right. And and he's he says he he says it's not so much that like the lights were turned on abruptly that you saw the rats it's just because rats are in the cellar, it's like mm. you know like you don't see them just because the lights are turned on abruptly you see them because they're there right 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 and so it's this idea that like these sudden abrupt moments of of hardship or stress or anxiety or something traumatic happens or a loss in the family or something, um, you know some extreme hardship in school or friendship whatever like that is a quick moment of the lights turning on and you see all the rats in the cellar. You see yeah. your inability to cope, to handle hardship. You feel alone. You cut yourself off. Whatever it might be, like you see your fallenness in that moment when something abrupt and difficult happens. Mm -hmm. So that those are moments that we see our fallenness clearly. I think where like the Lord desires us is to move us from that place to he, he wants um, intimacy with him to be what begins to shed light on our fallenness. And you and I know this that like, and, and it's so hard to experience in the college. It's it's like even foreign to preach this, but like in marriage and in deeper intimate relationship, all of your sins come to the surface. Yeah. Like everything, all these like these mistakes that you've made in the past, but also your weaknesses right now, like your vices right now, everything comes to the surface because your your partner, right, like your spouse or an intimate best friend, is desiring your whole heart, and you realize you can't give it because there's so many things attached to it. And I think that's like where the Lord wants us in that constant redemption is like, he's like, okay, give me your heart, give me your heart. And like, I can't because I have thousands of things attached to it. 
Mm-hmm. And so for, I think for us to realize like right now in our own redemption, in transformation, in evangelization, in all of these areas, that the two ways I think we begin to experience the depth of our fallenness is one, an extreme hardship, isolation, all those things, difficulty that, that are abrupt, that catch us off guard. And we realize I have rats in my cell, like I have dark things I don't want anyone mm-hmm. to see. Mm-hmm. Or in, in really what like the Lord is inviting us to is, is to the intimacy and saying, it's okay for light to be on, and I actually want to help you get those rats out of, out of the cell. Like I want a, a yeah. total transformation, yeah. and realize that do not be scared of intimacy, do not be scared of closeness, of being seen, of being known. That the Lord wants to free your heart of of every attachment that it that it has. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, no, that, that, that's beautiful, and a beautiful uh, way to describe um, the fact that, like you said, <laughs> that's be- Yeah, it's not like the lights like. The lights revealed what was already there. It's mm-hmm. not like we can point to lights and be like, well, if this hadn't happened, if the lights hadn't been turned on, exactly. it's like, no, they were already there. Um, it's just evidence that, that there are issues, deeper issues that need to be dealt with. Um, the Lord wants to heal. I think one thing I was reflecting on as you were talking about all this, <clears throat> about this um, kind of exposing um, and, and had happening through deeper intimacy and deeper like hardship is that often I think um, I've seen a lot of people mask the desire for a... Um, comfortable life by saying they want a simple life. And so I think simplicity mm. and humility, right? So this like attitude of like, I need not do um, like crazy things in the world's eyes, but just like doing what God's will is beautiful. And that's, it's, that's the heart of a saint. But I think oftentimes when people say that I hear people say like, Oh, I want, I want just to live a simple life. What they mean is I want to be comfortable and not challenged. Mm. And I think that is where apathy, that is where complacency, yeah. that's where mediocrity arise is whenever there's a lack of challenge because, and this is why, it's not that Christ is like, I want to just impose these crazy burdens on you, but it's this, this mystery, um, this divine mystery that we see revealed in what you were just saying mm. that like through hardship, through the cross, he reveals to us those places of us, those places in our heart that we are rejecting him mm. and invites us to like replace our trust in him in a way that we haven't before. Mm. Um, and I think that is a, that's a mysterious thing I speak of and I can't, yeah. I don't think anyone can fully explain it. But the reality is that he he allows and desires for us to take up our cross to to experience the suffering that he gives to us, or that he maybe not gives to us, but allows us to 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 come under, because he knows that it will mm. um, it'll take on a redemptive quality in Christ as we see it, um, both one mm. healing us from those wounds, but also transforming our hearts to be able to bear such a weight, and we'll see like there's such a passion. You think of these stories of like mm. heroic sacrifice, and yes, there's the great suffering, but behind every great suffering is the great love um, that drives it. And I think that as as we have these experiences of hardship and um, intimacy that challenge us and move us outside of ourselves, it's beautiful as it stretches us to be healed, but it also increases as that healing, like what's being healed is our capacity to experience God and to love. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I think every one of us wants, whether or not we, we acknowledge it or not. Is a, is a deeper ability to experience God's love and, and to let it course through us into the people around us. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think that this this mystery of like redemption taking on the 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 reality of God, like you know, asking us to take up our cross daily and follow Him, it is beautiful. It's challenging and it's uh, scary at times, and it's something every day that I often reject. But it's one that that every day I think we have to have this this posture of of, of receptivity to whatever the divine will is. So. I love that, dude. I'm just have have the imagery of like the the simple, comfortable life, and it's like it's it's the person, or in you know, a person's in a season of life where where they recognize that 
both sides hurt. Like mm. hardship and intimacy hurt and are uncomfortable and it makes them weak. And they want to just stay in the middle of like, if I could just have everything that I need and keep to myself and just have, you know, good relationships, you know, good yes. friendships and, yeah. and, you know, hang out and talk and, you know, call my family and, and, and everything's good that I don't, I don't need to recognize my brokenness or fallenness or need for redemption and yeah. the extent of if I was really suffering, if I was really loved deep, um, deeply in every part of my heart. And I, yeah, yeah, that resonates. Yeah. And I just, I, I want to put an asterisk. I think that, uh, don't, don't take this as me saying that, uh, simplicity and desiring a humble life, a life that's not, you know, in a worldly sense, like glamorous or, or, you know, crazy. I think that that's the heart of, of hopefully that we all grow in our ability to desire that and to not desire to be constantly working and productive and achieve great things. Cause often that's where the pride um, has a grip on our heart and we actually wind up betraying those things that are most important. So again, I'm not saying that a simple life is bad. In fact, if you look at many of the stories of some of the saints, you know, St. Francis of Assisi or St. Teresa of Lisieux or people like this that like lived a very simple and, and humble life by all accounts. But I think it's the desire for comfort that is often masked in there. And I think that's the question that whenever we experience a desire for that in our hearts, I think we need to often question like, is this coming from a place of I want comfort or is this coming from a place and like just ease of life? Or is it coming from a place of like, I desire only to be who God wants me to be yeah. and nothing more and nothing less. Yeah. Um, and it's a good question. I think we all, we all have to wrestle with sometimes. That brings up the, the last question of in, in this, in a simple life, in, in a life that you desire to, to stay humble. Uh, it, it's kind of the, the idea of like, are you living a hidden life or are you hiding? Right. And I, think, I think that's kind of the, that's kind of the question, you know, like a hidden life or am I hiding? Um, anyways, beautiful. All right, my brother, this is a good one. I really enjoyed it. God bless you, everyone who listens and we will see you next week with Father Dominic. Yes, sir. Ciao. <laughs> Ciao. They eating after this? <laughs>